Good morning again. Good morning. Oh, thank you. How's everybody doing? Good. So as I was sitting there watching the video, a couple things were going through my mind. Uh, number one, I was like, okay, what is the last scene? Because I want to walk up there not too early, but not too late. And then the second thing was, I wonder what would happen if I just kept sitting here and didn't come up, didn't turn on my mic, like, would, uh, you'd see Sean, like, frantically running around, maybe Kelly would run up here or something, Jenna would come and preach, something like that, because uh, she dressed as me for Halloween this year, it was really cool, you'll have to ask for pictures. Uh, and so, the, the point of that is, today I'm talking about gifts, about gifts that we have, gifts that, that are used in service to the Lord. And, and while I wouldn't do that, probably, uh, someone else would come forward and do something. It'd be a much shorter service. Uh, we'd have a few more songs, and people would be like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? This was all to prove a point? Like, things like that. But someone would stand up, because this is the church, and so many people do so many things. Um, the other thing that's been going through my mind is, I had a lock-in Friday night, and I'm like, wow, why, was I, why did I schedule that for the same weekend I preach? But we'll figure that out later. I'm either going to talk really short or really long today, and I have no idea which. Uh, but the last time I stood up here was to preach, not just for the food pantry, which I stood up here a couple minutes ago. That'd be weird to tell a story about that. But the last time I stood up here to preach was about depression. And I just say that because I received so much support and love and, and feedback and, and people who said it mattered to them, things like that. And I just wanted to thank everyone for that. It was such an important thing for me to be able to speak about. Uh, and so I, Julie, when she preached through the last month, told a joke at the beginning of each service. Uh, I'm not very funny, and so I don't have very many jokes, but I do have a story. I, I'm unsure why someone laughed that I'm not funny. That's kind, of, <laughs> that's kind of an ironic moment, and we could get caught in a time loop there. But uh, So a man was rebuilding the engine to his lawnmower. And automatically, you know this isn't me, because I can't do any of the words in that sentence. Uh, and when he finished... He had one small part left over, and he couldn't remember exactly where it went. So he started the engine to check, and it all ran great. Everything sounded perfect. It looked perfect. Lawnmower perfect, whatever that means. Uh, and so he figured out, he figured, you know, the part's useless. It doesn't matter. Uh, and so that day, the man mowed his entire lawn and the neighbor and continued because it turned out that he couldn't stop. And so the part mattered, a part that nobody saw, a part that that wasn't the steering wheel, wasn't the gas pedal, wasn't, I can't go too much farther with car parts, but wasn't something <laughs> that fits in the lawnmower. It mattered, and that's how all of us are. Um, a lot of focus in every church, uh, when, when people look, it's like, oh, well, there's the pastor, there's the music minister, uh, this is the, the person in charge of this and that, and it's like the faces of the church, and that's good, and that's what, what also matters. But there are also so many people behind the scenes, so many ways to serve, so many ways to help, so many ways to give yourself to the Lord. And, and so I want to talk about that through a parable that Jesus told, and this is in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Uh, at first glance, this seems kind of strange, because you're like, well, if I go away on a trip, I'm not giving all of my money to my kids or, or to whoever watches the house. That's kind of crazy. Uh, I know Tim and, and uh, Kelly just went away this week. I'm assuming they didn't give Jenna like 17 bags of silver, but I, I don't know. 
but it's something, it's something that's a lot, especially when you look at the amounts. And so the five bags of silver is roughly equal to $7,500. Uh, and the, the other, the two bags is roughly 3,000, and then the last bag is roughly 1,500. That's a lot of money to just leave behind. Uh, and you know, that's not talking about inflation, that's not talking about the fact this was a long time ago, all of those things. But it's a lot of money. But in those days, and Jesus obviously knew this, uh, it was customary for the, the master of the house to leave his servants in charge of things, uh, to entrust them. And this one went a step above in many ways because he didn't just hand 15 bags of silver to each one. He didn't just hand five bags of silver to each one. He didn't just hand one bag of silver to each one. He handed it according to what he thought of them. Not, not in a negative or positive way, but okay, I've watched how you work with things. I've, I know kind of how your mind works. I know your dedication, so I'm giving you this chance. I'm giving you more. It doesn't mean you're more valuable. It means that I know what you can do with this. And, and so it was according to their own abilities, which shows that he trusted them. It shows that he had respect for them. It shows that, that he was willing to give them something to do. He was willing to give them a, a chance to really stand up and, and make a difference for him in his way and all of those things. And it's such a wonderful thing. Um, he had an idea of what they could do. And then he pushed them, not over pushed them. And it's such a fine line, which we find uh, that, that sometimes it's like, okay, I really believe in you and I really know you can do this. Or, I really believe in myself. I really know that I could do this. But how far is too far to push? How far is, well, encouraging and how far is over encouraging? And you're like, what's over encouraging? Well, talk to my mom. No, I'm just joking. She's watching this. But it's, it's something that, that he cared about them. He cared about what they could do, and he gave it to them to give them this chance. And it's not about who got the most. It's about everyone having a chance to give, everyone having a chance to work, everyone having a chance to do something. And it goes to, to the church. It goes to Jesus and the disciples. Um, we often, and back then too, everybody kind of focuses on Peter because Peter was the rock that the church was built on. Peter uh, was always talking and he was, he was able to preach. He was able to do so many things. He was kind of the, the de facto leader after Jesus went up to heaven. He did so many things. And so people are like, oh yeah, Peter, he denied, but he did this. He was so bold. He was so strong. Uh, he walked on water, but then he sunk. But then Jesus helped him and all of these things. We can talk so much about Peter. And then there's John who, even though he may not have been at the forefront visibly in many ways, we all know his name because he wrote the Gospel of John. He also was the only one to live all the way through Revelation. You know, he, he was kept alive to be able to write. He was kept alive as an old man. He had so many different things. Then you go to James. I'm not going to go through all of the disciples, but each of them had a different role. Each of them mattered. Each of them had different gifts. None of them were more important than the other. And Jesus knew that and he told them that. He's like, all of you guys are the church. And it's just like with us. All of us are the church. It's not just the people that stand here and mediocrely talk like me. It's the people who stand here and stand up for the Lord. It's the people who, who do work. It's the people who work in the food pantry. The people who help in Bible school. The people who teach. The people who, who give. The people who talk to people when they need to be talked to, when they need to be listened to. It's those people, it's everybody, the whole church. Uh, going to verse 10. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. For the, the first two, 
they did work. They invested and they earned. We don't know what they did, but we know that they did something promptly. They went straight out and worked. Uh, they both came back with double the amount. It's not so much the point that they came back with double the amount. It's the point that they went out and did something with what they had been given. Uh, and then the third, he kind of hides it. He's like, you know, I, I, I don't really trust my own talents. I don't really trust myself. I think the master was just testing me so that I, he could see how far I could dig and make sure that his money was dirty and all these things. And maybe on the flip side, he trusted the other two. He's like, man, I'm just not as good as them. Like, like they can really do so much more than me. They, they sing better. They talk better. Uh, they, they do all of these things better. So what do I have to offer? And so he did nothing. And the other two, they didn't stop to think about that. The one with five bags, the one with $7,500, he didn't stop and go to the other two and be like, oh yeah, he likes me the most, guys. Like I have the most money and I have the, the most talent and I'm the best. And he didn't waste all of his time doing that. He just went out and worked. The one with the two bags, he didn't stop and say, man, what am I doing wrong? Like, why am I not as good as him? Why don't I have three more bags? Why, why didn't he trust me as much as him? He just went out and did his job. He went out and did work. He went out and served. And the third servant, to his credit, also didn't grumble and complain. He didn't say, oh, man, I didn't get any of this. But he also didn't do anything with what he had. He didn't try. And that was kind of the point of this. Uh, he had no perseverance where the other two did. They did what they could. They, they did it promptly. They did it with perseverance, with success. And they were ready to have an account for what they did because it mattered, because they knew that it mattered. Now, if you look at this overall, and you look at the profit that came back overall, uh, basically total they were given about 12500 between the three of them. And then they came back with 22500 that's a pretty good profit. If Tim and Kelly had come back and Jenna's like, hey, you know that 30 bucks you gave me for pizza? Here's $22,000. They're going to be like, wow. And then they're going to be like, where's our TV? Or whatever. But it's like, it, it's, it's, it's something where that's a lot of money. And if you look on the whole, it's like, oh, man, this is a huge profit. Forget this third guy. Like, it's a huge profit. This is awesome. But in the church... In Christianity, it's not just a group effort. That's very important. The church, the capital C church, is very important, but it's made up of individuals. And individuals have an account. Individuals matter. And so I want to say this. The church, the capital C church, will succeed. There will always be a church. Since uh, Jesus formed it, there has always been a church. There will always be a church. Through end times, there will be a church. Uh, Individual churches may come and go for various reasons, but there will always be a capital C church. The church will succeed. It will because it's God's church, because God is in charge of it, because it is needed, because it is important, because it does his work. But within that church is all of us. And it's up to us to do our part. It's up to us to stand up and help because there are people out there who respond to something that I say. There are people out there who respond to a song. There are people out there that respond to maybe just you doing something. They're like, nobody cares about this. But they care and they notice that. They're like, oh wow, I, I get that. And, and so it's important to know that discipleship, that, that Christianity, while it does help to have a group around you, it's also individual. It's a relationship. It's you standing up for Jesus on your own. It's you standing up for Jesus in a corporate setting. It's you standing up for Jesus in the world. And that's who we are and, and what we should do. 
Uh, going to the next verse, this is verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used the money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Uh, to start with, the master was gone a long time, and it just says a long time, but it was probably long enough that some of them may have started to wonder if they'll ever have to give an account. Uh, does that sound familiar? Uh, we know that Jesus is coming back someday. We have no idea when. There have been people since the disciples who thought it's going to be this, it's going to be soon, it's going to be tomorrow. But he's waiting to give us a chance to stand up to bring more people in. And we will give an account someday. And, and hopefully we will be on the side where he says, well done. How amazing will that be to hear from Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in that phrase, it's not just a compliment, it's not just praise. It is saying what is valued by the Lord. It is saying what is valued by God. He doesn't say, well done, my brilliant and artistic student. He doesn't say, well done, my beautiful and spiky head student. I'm not both of those things. Well done, well done, my rich and powerful servant. He doesn't say any of those things. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. The world absolutely would be like, oh, the guy with five bags, he's the best. He's the most valuable. But the master says to both of them that did something, both of them that had an effort, well done. You're both good and faithful, and that's what I looked for. They could have conceivably come back with just an extra bag, just one more bag, or maybe even a bag less, but they went out and they tried. They did everything they could. They did their best. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. It wasn't about the amount. It wasn't about the total. It wasn't about the profit. It was about the heart, about the, the effort. It's about what is prized. And then he talks about celebrating together. Someday we're all going to celebrate together. And it's going to be such an amazing thing. And there are going to be so many people in heaven that, that we already know. Uh, and it's easy to focus with the church, Christianity, on the Billy Grahams. Billy Graham, who did so much and stood up and had a powerful ministry that went worldwide. And he's in heaven right now. And I believe he was told, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's easy to focus on C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, but also so many smart Christian works that are still just amazing if you read them. He wrote about heaven. He wrote about salvation. He wrote about so many things, and he studied, and he learned. It's easy to think about him. Uh, it's easy to think about the Toby Max or the Chris Tomlins or, or, or whoever your favorite Christian artist is. It's easy to think about them and be like, wow, they clearly are doing their best. But that's not the only place that this happens. You see, Billy Graham, he told this story, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but basically when he first, he was a teenager, and he first went to this big revival, and he walked in, and it's packed. It's like fire code violation, except this was back in the day, and they didn't care about stuff like that. <laughs> and, and so the usher is like, ah, you know, he's thinking to himself, oh, man, I shouldn't let this kid in. Uh, it's, it's packed, and we've already got... So many people here, it's going to be like, it, it, what's it going to do? He's just a teen. But the usher is like, you know what, I'm going to go find you a place. And he went up, he took him up to the front, and that was essentially, Billy Graham talked about, that was essentially the start of his ministry. Nobody knows the usher's name. I don't even know the usher's name. But Billy Graham knew the usher's name. 
And the Lord knows the usher's name. And while we would all look at someone like Billy Graham who did so much publicly, who did amazing things for the Lord, and that is absolutely true, that usher did his part. He served. He tried. He did his best. He, he ministered. He shared his gifts. He didn't give up on this kid. He helped him find a seat. He did what he was supposed to do. And it's just as valuable. All of these, these positions, everything is just as valuable. Um, it's absolutely true that there are some people who can speak. They can stand up and they can just talk. You can hand them a, a, a mic and then they're going to go for an hour. And, and, you know, they might not say anything that is groundbreaking, but it's going to make sense and it's going to sound good and it's going to be something that, that is clearly from the Lord. There are people who can sing. I could surprise our, our, our music team right now and say, you know what, I want you guys to come up here and sing a song. And they might be like, what are you doing? We didn't plan this. But they would be able to sing a song because they have that gift. Uh, there, there are people who can teach. There are people who can greet. There are people who can do so many things. And it's their gift, and it's such an obvious gift because it's public, because it's something that we can all see. But there are people who do so many things that we don't see that still matter, that, that has just as much of an impact, that helps, that does so much, just like the usher. We've got a sound and lights team who you don't see right now, and if you turn around and look, some of them will kind of hide because they don't want me to do this, but, but you can turn around and look, and I can see my scripture because there are lights above me. Now, I've been up there on Sunday nights for, for the, the youth praise band, and I mess up the lights every single time, sometimes on purpose. But it, it's, it's something that it takes a gift to do. Uh, okay, there we go. See, it takes a gift to be able to do it. Everything that happens in the church, no matter what it is, no matter what part, uh, someone who is an assistant, someone who is a teacher, someone who, who stands in the back to help, to be a support, someone who is an usher, someone who helps with the food pantry, someone who, who helps in another way, who just greets people uh, in, out in the street, not even at the church, but just when they see them, they're like, hey, I'm from Faith Community. I just want to say hi. That's important. All of these things are important. All of these things matter. All of these things are gifts from God according to our abilities. Now, there are people who are like, man, I wish I could sing. You can't. Uh, there are things that I absolutely cannot do, but for some reason I can kind of do this. And it's because it's a gift. It's not because I'm special. It's not because anyone else is in that way. It's because God is special. It's because we all have these individual talents that come together. And the greatest speaker in the entire world, if there was someone standing here who was good and had a crowd of thousands of people in front of them, the people in the back, most of the people in the front, aren't going to be able to hear him if the mic doesn't work, if there's no mic. They're not going to be able to see him if there are no lights. They're not going to get in the doors if nobody unlocks the doors. Like, there are all of these different things that go into this. And just like the master saw the, the servant with five bags as equal to the servant with two bags, he was just proud that they did their work. He was glad that they were good and faithful. That's why we are here. Verse 24. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. 
I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. It's not even that he only had one bag still. It's not even that his first comment to the master is kind of an insult. Have you ever been in trouble with somebody? Maybe your wife? Maybe a teacher? Maybe an employer? Maybe somebody else? Whoever you get in trouble with. And the first thing you do, you know you're, you know you're in trouble. You've seen other people come up. And, and they've been praised for doing something that you know you didn't do. And you go up and you're like, yeah, well, you kind of smell. Like, it's like we don't do that. But the guy, the servant walked up knowing that he had done nothing and says, yeah, I know that you're not kind of, not, you're not very nice. You're pretty harsh. Now, what he was saying is that you have a lot of power. He just didn't say it in the right way. But, but it's not even that. It's that he did not even try. He saw that. The other two were going off and working. And he's like, oh, they're better than me. I can't do anything. I can't do this much. He probably thought to himself, well, I can do very little. And it's not going to make much difference anyway. I can't change the world. I can't do anything special. And so if I do nothing, nobody's going to notice. Nothing's going to happen. You see, the church is built on people who do a little, that God turns into a lot. We think of the feeding of the 5,000 with a boy who all he did was have five loaves of bread and two fish. And yet we remember that story today because Jesus multiplied it. The two servants beforehand, two bags of silver, five bags of silver, while 7,500 sounds like a ton to me, it's still not a great deal of money, and yet they did a lot because God multiplied it. And this servant did not think enough of himself to even try. Now I get that. I, I get that. I know what it is to not believe in yourself. Believe me, this morning, before I walk up here, I'm not believing in myself because that's just how my mind works. That's how I work. And, and so I think like that. And yet, not because I'm special, but because I've seen God's hand so many times in so many people, including myself, I still stood up. And I still walked up here. I could go through the congregation and have each of you tell a story about a time you didn't think you could do something and how God helped you. I'm not going to do that. I see some fear. But I, I could do that. And each of you, in different ways, and wildly different stories, would be able to say, yeah. I had no faith in myself, but God did something, and he did something through me. People that you could not imagine, I would guarantee that at some point, Billy Graham, and I keep picking on him because he's a name we know because he's kind of like the modern-day Paul, was the modern-day Paul. But I bet there were times where he thought, man, am I really having an impact? He looked at his ministry and saw how effective it was, but then he looked at how the rest of the world was probably. He's like, what's happening? And yet, he kept going forward. You see, we are not here to convert people. We are not here to save people on our own. We are here to point them to a God who can. We are here to point them with an example of Jesus to where they can find help, where they can find hope, where they can find love, where they can find a home. That's what we do. And so that's why each of our gifts, no matter how big or how small in the world standard, that's why they matter. And sometimes we will fail. Sometimes we will mess up. Sometimes we will get our words crossed. I don't know if that's a phrase. Sometimes we will. See? You, now you're wondering, did he do that on purpose or not? You'll never know. Sometimes we will fail. It's going to happen. 
I can promise you that. I have absolutely failed so many times. And sometimes we're going to think that we're not effective. There are times where I have preached either to the teens or in here, and I've thought, man, I just did not have my A-game going to Like, nobody laughed. And you don't have to laugh, but nobody laughed. And I didn't feel like anybody was tracking, and I don't think I made any sense, and, and it just, it didn't work. And then afterwards, I'll get an email from somebody, or somebody will stop me and be like, man, what you said, that one line, I needed to hear that. Because what we think of our success does not matter because no matter what you do, even in the failures, God's there. God is in every moment and he lifts you up. And if this one servant had just tried, maybe he would have come back with zero bags of silver. Maybe if he'd just tried and he'd failed, the master still would have been like, hey, hey, wipe your tears. You did your best. Now let's stand up and go do more. And that's who the God we serve is. That's what we do. When we fail, it's not an end. And listen, there's no shame in, in not being public. There's no shame in being the person next to the person next to the person. Uh, we all know Moses. Not literally. But we all know Moses. And yet, his brother Aaron is who spoke for him against the Pharaoh. Aaron, you know, for different reasons, but nobody really thinks about that part. There's just a part before they go in where Moses is kind of arguing, I can't talk. God, I, I just don't do this. And God's like, dude, what are you doing? But you know what? I, I'm still going to give you help. I'm going to have Aaron speak for you. But none of us remember that, but that doesn't make it any less important. Because everyone matters when they're doing their best for the Lord. Uh, verse 28. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless service in, servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The more you do with what you have, the more you'll get. Now, now sometimes that seems more like a curse than a blessing. Because like, man, I've been working my whole life and I'm doing all this and I just keep getting more responsibility. I, I, I keep doing more and more and, and sometimes it's kind of hard. I get that. When I started out in ministry, uh, I was just, uh, I was one of the people who kind of was there to have numbers, to have volunteers, to have somebody in case there was a problem. And I stood there. And I stood there very well. And, and that was my thing because I was terrified of speaking publicly. I knew that I could not do that. And so, little by little, I started sitting in on a Sunday school class with the youth pastor at the time. Then we got a new youth pastor. And he asked, you know, what will you do? What can you do? And I said, I'll do anything for God. And there were absolutely times where I kind of regretted that. Because he absolutely took me literally and had me do everything. <laughs> and so, one time, as he, he was preparing to leave, I didn't know that yet. He's like, hey, you teach the senior high this year. Like, on Wednesdays, which is when we had youth. So I had to learn how to preach. I was getting my master's in, in ministry. And so I had to do that anyway on video, which is rough. Which I realize I am right now. But I did not just start out like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start serving the church. And then boom, I'm standing here. God led me along because he saw something in me that I did not see that I still don't see something. And I'm not saying that everybody who gets started in the church is immediately going to be up here. Don't worry. 
But I'm saying that you might see, well, how could this matter? How could this little act matter? How could this little act of service, how could, could just being here matter? Well, God sees so far in front of us. And he sees how that will multiply and multiply and multiply. And he sees how anyone can learn and grow from that. You see, there are people who will respond to me. There are people who will respond to song, like I said. But there are people who will respond to the people who don't talk because they are serving in a different way. They will respond to whatever because there are so many different kinds of people out there. And think about it yourself. Like you all have different things that you respond to, different things that really help you to feel God. And you are those things for the world. You see, one of the things I say to the teens a lot is... I can talk all of the time, and I do, and I'll tell you that. But no matter how long or passable my sermons are, that's just for the people in the room pretty much. Now, I realize that we're on Facebook, and I realize that I have a podcast, but, but that's just people that come and listen to that. You have to actively seek that out. However, all of you out in the world, that's what people see as the church. And you see, my words, regardless of what they do, it's our actions out in the world that people see and are like, oh, oh, wow. And so just looking at these three servants, they're like, wow. Their master left them, and they didn't steal the money. They multiplied it. They did their best. Didn't do anything. And people notice that. And it's not about what people think, but it's about what we can do with what, what God gives us. And we have, we're blessed to have a strong support system because the church is a group. And we are a family, and we are able to do more. We are able to stand up for him together. And if you are doing your best, you're doing the most with what you have. You don't have to worry about what you're going to account for when he returns, because you're doing fine. One more scripture, and then I'm done. First Peter 4, 8 through 11. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. The first two things that it says there are for all of us. It's not a, oh, well, I'm not very gifted at loving people. No, you have to love people. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm not very gifted at being hospitable. Tough. And basically what, what the hospitable one gets down to is be hospitable without grumbling. Now, I realize Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up, and there's probably going to be some grumbling. It is what it is. But you just do your best with what you have. You love everyone. You start there. You start with love. Love covers so much. Just as God's love covers us, just as Jesus' love covers our sins. Whatever gifts you have, whether it's speaking, teaching, listening, helping, lifting chairs, ushering, turning on the lights and making sure that they, they, they work, recording, running Facebook, singing, whatever it is, all of the different things in the church. Do it with everything that you have because God provides the strength. He provides the energy. He even provides the talent. It's just on us to use it, to do our best. And God knows what he's doing. Whatever gifts he gave you, it's not because you're worse than or better than anybody else. It's because he sees you. 
He sees who you are and he knows what you can do and he knows that you can help. And so if you're doing your best, you're helping, you're serving, you're doing what you can, that brings him glory. That helps him, that helps someone. And that is why we are here. To bring him glory and to take that glory out into the world. To know Jesus more. And then to make Jesus known. That's all I got. Please stay. I thought about doing the thing where I surprised him with the song, but I'm going to go. Maybe next week. Please, Barry. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us together. I thank you so much for all of the many gifts that you've given each of us. I thank you so much for, for the time you've poured into our lives. I thank you so much for the love that you give us. And ask you, Lord, that you help us to go out into the world, to even just go out into the church and to do everything we can to shine your light on other people, to do everything we can, everything we're gifted with, everything we're able to for you. Help us not to compare, not to worry about what other people can do better or worse. Help us not to, to think about that, but just to think about you with everything that we do, with everything that we say, with, every, with everything that we are. Help us to be more like you, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you've done and will continue to do through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may go. <laughs>